0: podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast network. Discover more at cyphercast.net and follow us on Twitter at CypherCastNet.
1: Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we'll be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing the world is but a maze. We will revisit the challenges of combat invisible sun. Join us on the path of suns and we may uncover a secret or two. When we cast the world is but a maze we talk about running invisible sun and try to work through issues that we've run into that we're not quite sure how best to handle. Today we talk about some of the challenges we've recently encountered in running combat specifically. With the recent release of Teratology, we figure people may have some combat encounters on their minds. Uh, And so this was a topic that people will be interested in talking about. I was mostly interested in discussing two ways in which Combat Invisible Sun is different than a lot of other games. Uh, These are differences that can sometimes cause some translation issues and transition issues uh, as people move from uh, other games uh, to this one. Uh, The first is what I'm going to call the resource attrition model, um, and how it's different in Invisible Sun than some other games. And the second is the implications of having a dual track uh, health and damage system. But we'll go over each of these in in more detail. The resource attrition model is uh, close to familiar for people who've played other tabletop RPGs, I'm pretty sure, and for that matter, uh, computer RPGs and the like. In most game systems, particularly most systems that are kind of D20, F20 style games, combat is a race to take some adversary's hit points uh, down before you lose all of yours. Uh, this is true for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. It is true for uh, kind of uh, a lot of uh, uh, Final Fantasy uh, RPG games on platforms and computers. Um, But it it is, in this sense, an attrition uh, approach to handling combat. It's almost universal to the point where people just assume that's how everything works. And to some extent, it does here as well in Invisible Sun, but there's some key differences. What are those differences? (laughs) Well, let me work my way up to them, to to, to baby steps towards uh, how different Invisible Sun is. Okay. Uh, as a tra- one transitional uh, game system with which people may be familiar is the Cypher system, where it can work like a traditional attrition model. Uh, you could just uh, swing your sword at a monster and try to take out all of its hit points before the monster bites you so many times that it, it, you lose all of your pool points. That's a traditional sort of way of thinking about uh, these uh, resources. But it's a little more complicated in Cypher system because you have a choice in how you use your resources. The, your, the equivalent of your hit points, your pool points, can be used to, uh, to avoid damage and are not simply an indicator of how much damage you have taken. Uh, so you have a choice to make. Do I spend my points to try and dodge this bite or do I just go ahead and take the bite or increase the probability of taking the bite and uh, knowing I'll take damage and those points will come out of my, come out of my pool?
0: And that's that's one of the uh, things about the cypher system that I think a lot of people have problems with when it comes to, you know, the cypher system. You know, I could spend these points, but then if I get hit, it's kind of like I'm getting punished again. Mm-hmm. So I'm losing points for spending it to try to avoid the attack. And then I'm losing points if I don't.
1: Uh... Yeah, If you instead say uh, as a house rule for the cypher system, no one can spend points on dodge. Then they become much like every other hit point (laughs) uh, system in other games. Uh, But people are allowing people to choose whether to invest points in avoidance uh, or in keeping those points to uh, account for the damage they're going to take by uh, within the combat has led some people to be frustrated because they're not used to having to choose between spending points that are also your hit points because hit points are seen as sort of sacrosanct in most systems.
0: Uh, I we're not a show about the Cypher system, though we nope. do talk about it a lot. Uh, but one of the things that I've always found mm, I don't know, I've always thought about attacks landing being more than just a, a source of damage. Uh, so if they're if the heroes are fighting a creature that is pretty significant, I will oftentimes tell them, like, hey, if you get hit here, you might be looking at more than just taking damage, you might be looking at you know, some sort of status effect, or it might do something way worse to you
1: than just hurt you. And that's advice that'll be particularly important uh, in Invisible Sun, because it's true that very few monsters are simply uh, pointy bags of hit points that will damage you until you have have, have emptied their, their bag of hit points. Uh, they often do status effects or have other weird effects um, yeah. in, uh, on characters. Uh, and we'll get back to that, I think, when we talk about dual tracks, because there's Invisible Sun emphasizes non-traditional forms of damage more than a lot of other games, mm-hmm. and that'll be important. But to get back to back to Invisible Sun, yeah, mitigation of damage is even more central to the mechanics of Invisible Sun than it is to Cipher System, and much more so than traditional uh, d20 systems. Uh, just to re- to review, remember that it, when a character is hit by an attack, that character takes a- an injury. When you have three injuries, they become either a wound or an anguish, depending on whether the injury was uh, physical or mental. As, and you have the three wounds or three anguish. If you lose those three, you die, your, your character dies. This makes characters pretty much only ever have 15 hit points for physical damage and or mental damage. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. Do, do you recall secrets that add injuries, wounds, or anguish?
0: It's not something I've looked into. Um, I don't think there is anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's something that says you can take an additional injury before it becomes a wound or anguish. Like, that would actually be a really interesting secret.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it might be there. I just haven't seen it. And it's certainly not a central part of the game. Yep. Uh, but most characters, I suspect, will basically have these 15 hit points, if you want to think of them that way, throughout their entire character career. So the focus isn't on building up more and more hit points where you might start at 12 hit points, but end up with 150 or whatever, uh, in a lot of other systems. Instead, the focus is on mitigating the, um, damage that you take as it comes in. So this is done in a couple of different ways, uh, like in the cypher system and a variety of other games, you can use, you can wear armor, which directly reduces injuries, uh, it may be limited in what kinds of injuries it can reduce, but it just takes points off the top. If, you, if you're wearing armor that protects you from a creature's bite, then uh, one point of armor will just reduce the damage caused by that bite by one. And, and that never becomes an injury because it's reduced before it is taken as damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do the same thing with mental. If you've got some sort of, of uh, artifact that uh, prevents you know, the psychic damage of some kind, you could imagine psychic armor that has the same effect the part that's not necessarily entirely unique to invisible sun but very important and i think uh, underappreciated is that the core mechanic for soaking damage that is preventing it from ever appearing on your sheet is to you can spend physicality to mitigate an entire wound now note that's not injury you can mitigate an entire wound with a point of physicality and uh, qu- equivalently, I believe you can spend intellect to uh, mitigate an entire point of angst. I'm sorry, uh, anguish, uh, Anguish. A different A word. Uh, yeah. Now, I believe there are secrets that let you spend more physicality or intellect in this capacity.
0: There, there could be. I'm not familiar with them, but it is important to note that, you know, if you don't have any secrets like that, you can only uh, mitigate. You can only cancel one wound or anguish. At a time. So, if you were to take six injuries, you'd be looking at two wounds, but you could spend one physicality to negate one of those wounds. But you're still taking that other one.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure there is a secret that will let you spend more than one physicality, but I'm not positive. Uh, And again, that would be sort of an exception case because it's a secret. Uh, And the core mechanic Mm -hmm. is that you can only do one of those at a time. But this that spend is very important. In fact. If you want to look at the variability in characters survivability uh, in combat, especially in like physical combat or uh, uh, anguish based combat, those are represented by their physicality and intellect scores. Because those are the points you have to to, to soak or mitigate this damage. And I, I think people are so used to hit points being their own track unrelated to other ability scores. That some people fail to realize how important it is to spend physicality or intellect to mitigate these uh, 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 anguish or um, or wounds, uh, and the points uh, the damage can really add up in Invisible Sun quickly. If you consider a uh, like a level five threat, which is not a particularly high level threat, that's that's sort of. Um, I, I wouldn't even probably not even a solo threat for a party, a starting party, yeah. but you know, some, it, it's a, 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 decent and notable threat for a starting party by default, uh, a, a, an attack is going to do five points of damage. So by default, if you're not soaking anything, you're, you're taking a wound and two more injuries and, uh, one more, I mean, two hits from that. And your character has exhausted all of their wounds and dies. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not as dire in this game as it would be in other games because you can be a ghost. But um, combat in Invisible Sun is fast and lethal in part because of that cap on what we would normally think of as the hit point pool. The way you get around that is the having points available in physicality and intellect. And as I, I wanted to emphasize that because I think a lot of GMs and players like fail to understand how important those scores are for that reason. We talk a lot about how cool it is to have lots of sorcery points. And it is. Cool. <laughs> but physicality is very important. And intellect, just raw intellect, is very important.
0: Now, this is something we might have to look into, but... If you have a Vex in your physicality or intellect, that doesn't mean as the GM you can have them spend a Vex to prevent damage mitigation, does it?
1: I believe by the rules, the GM has the option. But it would be a really mean GM to use it in that way.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. It just feels weird because uh, mitigating the, the wound is... The requirement is, hey, spend a Bene from this pool. And mm-hmm. Vex reduces the venture. Um, like, if you if you have to spend a Vex, it reduces your venture. So I don't think it would apply to you know mitigating damage. I mean, at least that's how I run it at my table, because it feels weird.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you and wouldn't use it that way. But I think yeah. one could read the rules to say that uh, you're not... Mitigation isn't necessarily called building a venture, right? So if you're using the build a venture part of the language of the VEX, then you might say the VEX is, is inappropriate there. Others might say the spirit of the VEX is that to spend a bene, the GM can invoke the kind of negating uh, influence of also spending the VEX. So I would say it really comes down to your table. Uh, but I would certainly lean. I would recommend against using vexes to frustrate people spending physicality for damage mitigation. And thematically, it makes more sense to me to use a vex when someone's trying to, you know, lift the iron gate or something. Yeah. Say, oh well, now that. See, you thought you were doing fine, but that that uh, injury is really going to cause you problems now. And that's how I think of vexes being used. And it would just be really frustrating to use it as, haha, you think you're soaking damage, but you can't do it this time. So I, I think we agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think the rules, I don't think I could say that someone is breaking the rules or is, is imposing an unreasonable reading of the rules if they used it that way. Um, I just don't think it's a very good practice. Yeah. I and mean, we can always check on the rules later and, and verify yeah. one way or the other. But that's pretty deep in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> But a good question, actually. I I hadn't thought of that. It's an interesting exercise to go through. And as usual, my advice is, what what does the narrative say? And the the narratives I've been playing tend to... Vexes make sense in the narrative as frustrations for the other types of physicality spins, more so than damage soaking.
0: Yeah, and that's where I'm at too. Yeah.
1: Well, the second topic I wanted to talk about was uh, to revisit the notion of there being dual tracks, that you have the uh, wound track and the anguish track. Uh, Again, this is not unique to invisible sun. Their uh, fate system in particular tends to have multiple tracks of stress Mm -hmm. and use those, those tracks uh, thematically to explain what it is you're kind of facing and the types of challenges you seek to overcome. But for our game, we've got wounds, which are physical wounds and anguish, which are mental sorts of damage. And it, continues to be a challenge to design encounters and to uh, and to run the game in a way that balances these two tracks. And it's it's natural to ask why you would want to balance the tracks. It's, it's not necessary that you do. However, if you uh, run Invisible Sun such that people face th- physical threats far more often than mental or psychic threats then the wound points become more scarce and more valuable than do the anguish points. And that's okay. If, you want, if that's where you want to focus your game, it's okay. But understand that you're changing the relative value of those points. If you really want, I recommend where, where possible that you try to make those, those points be equally valuable, that losing a wound is just as worrisome as losing an anguish. And to do that, you have to balance uh, challenges, notably combat, but not just combat, uh, in a way that threatens anguish and wounds in approximately equal proportion. Now, not every encounter has to be balanced in this way. You might have some encounters that are just, they're just going to do wounds. To the extent that you struggle, you were going to get wounded. And other encounters might not have a physical threat, but instead may present anguish threats. But overall, within a session or within, say, multiple sessions, an arc, um, I I recommend trying to balance, uh, and this will be challenging for some people who are accustomed to encounter building being, what type of orc do we have in the room? Uh, I don't mean too facetious. Uh, Teratology might help with this, though. Because Teratology, though I haven't read through every creature, gives you a lot of examples of creatures who do either wounds or anguish or some combination of the two. Uh, And I think mixing it up can be very helpful. Has this presented a problem for you at all in your games?
0: Uh, I do need to mix things up a little bit more. Um, I think a lot of our focus is on physical damage. So getting stuff in there that does mental damage is, you know, probably going to be easier to do
1: now that we have teratology and we have a whole bunch of other monsters. And uh, my players are usually so deathly afraid of taking wounds, mm-hmm. they do anything they can do to avoid combat. Um, <laughs> though in doing so, we still have a lot of fun. So I, I, it's not a complaint at all. Uh, it all works nope. out great. Uh, and I think psychic, this sort of psychic damage and anguish threats are a way to provide an alternative. To, if people are really, really afraid of wound threats, then say, okay, then you can not, you, you can avoid risking wounds. but. Try to be prepared, than that their their alternative is risking anguish instead. And I bet it kind of balances out in the end.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's something I've got I've to think about, especially coming into like my characters are coming up to some interesting points in the their various stories that I think are going to have to be a little more dangerous.
1: And I worry sometimes that I confuse. Um, I mean, that's not the right word that I'm, I don't f- carefully distinguish despair and psychic damage slash anguish. Cause one thing I was considering is when we talk about wounds, we're often talking about combat and like I said, creatures biting our players or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if we could include, um, one way to include more anguish threats in our games is to put anguish costs to non-magical stress and failure L- let me explain that uh, this it probably sounds really weird or ambiguous at this point no, no. Uh, <laughs> so we we often get the the archetypal example of a of a wound threat is there is some surreal orc with a surreal sword who will surreal cut you in half if you don't uh, kill the orc first mm-hmm we understand that pretty well from other games. So this anguish stuff, I was trying to think, well, what, what causes anguish when, within a story? And uh, it would be other types of encounters that wouldn't necessarily be combat encounters. Well, what if you are going to um, a, a gala and you're going to show off and try to win some favor of someone whom you need information from? Um, so you perform a, 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 an elaborate dance and fail. You humiliate yourself sure. in in whatever way. We don't normally think, we wouldn't say, oh, well, you're taking wounds. Uh, you aren't like, just, we wouldn't like, you're, you're falling over and spraining your ankle. Take two injury. Now, but we could say that this is actually causing you uh, mental damage, that it's causing you stress. You're worrying about it. And that actually ticks off injuries or maybe even an anguish. Just as much as um, an orc busting into the party trying to cut you with his sword uh, would have caused you a wound. Okay, Scott,
0: then how about this? Uh, My group just went into uh, a nomad encampment under the green sun and they marched through a a psychedelic part of the jungle and they took a whole bunch of mental damage Mm -hmm. and they're, they're feeling a little bit worse for the wear and They get to this encampment and they're talking with the nomads that live there and the nomads ask them, hey, if you want uh, our help, then you need to entertain us tonight during our our dinner. And so they decide to put on a dance and this part actually did happen and uh, (laughs) they decide to put on a dance and let's say they fail to perform the dance as they were hoping to. They just, you know, roll really badly and, you know, the difficulty I had set out is not met. And I say, okay, you all take two injuries from the embarrassment. And if it fills your injury track, then it's going to become an anguish. Mm-hmm. Now let's say one of my characters had no more intellect to spend and they hit their third anguish because they filled <laughs> their injury track. They die Are you okay
1: with them dying from embarrassment? I I probably would not use it in that circumstance. Uh, I I would use it when they uh, don't have a lot of uh, anguish already. So that it's not a threat necessarily to fill their anguish meter. Yeah, but... Because die of embarrassment does not sound like the story... Well, it sounds like the story you tell about your character later, but not in a positive way.
0: No, no. But I mean, if you're going to dish out damage for embarrassing things, why would it preclude dying from embarrassment?
1: I think it's story specific. It's kind of where you are. If uh, you are otherwise doing fine, uh, you have no anguish, then things like this might embarrass you and cause you anguish.
0: But doesn't uh, that but feel a little artificial?
1: It, it's absolutely artificial. Yeah. We're and talking about it. Yeah, I think everything we talk about it is artificial. Well, it
0: is <laughs> artificial, but it, if... If you're in a situation where, hey, we're we're doing great and we're gonna do this dance, and now we're opening ourselves up to anguish. But if we were in a bad mental state and this dance would be just embarrassing, but not fatally so, yeah. that's it, that's the part that feels a little bit weird to me. Like for me, I like I like my characters to I like the players to you know be able to predict when I am going to impose some sort of penalty like that. And if I say Oh, that's fair. Hey, when you're when you're not doing well with your anguish, like don't worry about suffering any sort of mental stress when you're doing social stuff.
1: And I guess the equivalent would be the the way I and I'm still trying to figure out how this would work. I'm, mm-hmm. stri- I'm trying to find new ways to introduce anguish and psychic damage. Uh, the equivalent might be uh, characters just survived a major encounter with some nasty beast that has left them with two wounds, and they have slayed the beast, but they've got a climb over the the wall to get back to safety and then they fail and they fall from the wall yeah <laughs> that could kill them it would be pathetic for them uh, to slay in the big beast and then f- die of falling damage
0: let me tell you scott i'm good with them dying from trying to climb a wall I'm also a big fan of them dying from embarrassment. (laughs) (laughs) I get the sense
1: that you just like them dying.
0: (laughs) Well, my, my characters don't die very often. Um, But in this instance, like if I'm, if I'm handing out injuries of social consequence, which I think is an interesting way to go about it. And I should definitely do it. Like I'm totally okay with them dying from it.
1: And I'm not sure you should definitely do it. I don't even know. I'm still, this is just me spitballing and trying to figure out some, I'm playing with these ideas. And so we welcome feedback too. If other people uh, think it's a terrible idea uh, or have some really interesting way to implement it, we would love to hear from everybody. But I thought this was a way to broaden how we think about stress and failure on sort of the psychic track rather than the physical track. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's something I may play with in games, especially again, since my, Uh, character my players tend to avoid the big betoothed monsters uh this is how you can have consequences in other spaces cool any other reactions we end up spending a good time talking about even these two little pieces of combat that we just run into lately
0: uh no i'm with you on the messing around with uh, ways to introduce more psychic damage like i i need to start doing that
1: uh, we will likely revisit this topic over time. Uh, combat is, of course, a big topic. Um, as we each continue our uh, our games, we will encounter more uh, problems and f- try to come up with ways to overcome those problems. And that's exactly what this segment is all about, is uh, addressing and discussing the challenges that come up to us as we're playing our Invisible Sun games now that we can actually do that. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled "Beyond" from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from Drive Through RPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at IncantationsPodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast@gmail.com. At you can find me at Aganseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter.
0: And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, It really helps us out. Uh, We also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and help people find us.